change your script. Instead of thinking, I'm an older guy who's going to hear me, think I have 45 years of helpful experience to share. Change our script, reframe it into something more positive and more encouraging. This is the Authority Builder Podcast. This is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you want to be seen as the leader in your market. We're going to interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're going to share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we've got an amazing interview for you today. This is another in our series for attorneys, and uh, today... I am talking with Gary Miles. He's been uh, practicing law for more than four decades in litigation and family law. Uh, he's been a trial lawyer, managing partner, author, leader, entrepreneur, and he says he just loves helping folks solve their problems. And, and I think we're going to solve some of them today. And he is now working with lawyers who are feeling stressed and overwhelmed in their practice and giving them really practical, tangible tools to overcome the obstacles and kind of get them freed up so that they can enjoy the success and the fulfillment that that they've always wanted. And uh, I'm excited to dive into that. We work with a lot of, of lawyers, and I know that it is an incredibly stressful profession. Um, I thought engineering was tough, but it's nothing compared. So uh, I'm excited to have him here. Gary Miles, welcome to the podcast. Steve, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you and I appreciate that introduction. And I like, I appreciate what you do to help other lawyers and other professionals really be seen as the authority in their fields. Well, thank you. Yeah, I tell you, I think that hits, um, you know, right where we were talking before we started recording that so many professionals undervalue what they do. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but um, I think it's important that, that they recognize what they do and that they bring real value. So t- tell us a little bit beyond the bio. You've been, you've been practicing law for a long time. I know you're sort of now working with lawyers to really help them elevate. How did you get to this stage of, of the, the career and, and life journey? Sure. So I have been practicing for 45 years. I'm admitted to the bar in Maryland, uh, where I lived for the first 67 years of my life. I now live in Pinehurst, North Carolina. I was a litigator. I did... Um, serious high-level personal injury cases for primarily 30 of those years. The last 15 of those years, I've done family law. I've been sober in recovery for a little bit over 30 years. I've worked a lot with the Maryland Lawyer Assistance Committee in Maryland to help lawyers, judges, and law students handle the challenges that they're facing due to the stresses of the profession. And um, now, as I'm sort of downsizing a bit from the active practice of law, I've started my own podcast like yours. Uh, mine's called The Free Lawyer. And and I've started mentoring lawyers one-on-one and because I realize how stressful the legal profession is. And, um, you know, I've been kind of through everything, whether it's imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, perfectionism, business development, ups and downs of litigation, winning some, losing some, focusing on losing and, and feeling fear, and I've learned how to handle all of those. And, and now I kind of life is, it's not easy for me, but I kind of roll with it. I go with the flow. And I've seen that so many lawyers are just overwhelmed by hourly building requirements, um, building their own book of business, competing with other lawyers. It's very, very stressful. And it's my passion day to help them be as happy 
and free and successful as they want to be. Uh, well, I, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, before we started recording, we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome. Yes. And I'd like to begin there. You've got a great resource uh, around that topic on your website. And you, you admitted to me before we started recording that you've, you've felt that before. And certainly with the, with your resume, um, I, I can't imagine that from the outside. But if if you can feel it with the background you have, then just just about anyone can. So t- tell me, why do you think it's so prevalent among really highly educated, highly skilled, highly knowledgeable professionals? You know, I can't honestly answer why. Um, I, I don't know if studies have shown why, but apparently it afflicts those who are most talented and skilled, which, of course, makes no sense because they're the least ones who should you know, question their ability. I, I somewhat don't like the name imposter syndrome, although I use it because that's what people call this syndrome, because it suggests really that I, as a trial attorney, am an imposter, and I'm not, because I am who you see, and you value who I am and what I'm capable of. The purpose of the title is that inside of me, I think I'm an imposter. And I, I guess I prefer the words self-doubt, um, because I'm not really an imposter to the world, as that term would give, but more I doubt myself in the face of everything to the contrary. And you know, without getting into details, my academic background was stellar. I had the best work experience. I had a very successful career as a trial attorney. And of course, you try cases, you don't win everyone, but yet my record was um, superlative. But yet I remember at 50, it's like, is this real? Am I who I purport to be? Um, I still felt like I was wet behind the ears and I've been doing it since age 23. And it doesn't really make any sense. But there are so many lawyers who doubt their abilities, despite everything to the contrary, proving that wrong. Yeah, I tell you, it was that was a real eye opener to me. Um, we work with an awful lot of attorneys and help them write their book about their expertise. And one of the first obstacles that we've got to overcome most of the time with them is the idea that am I expert enough to to put my expertise into a book? Uh, it's very. It, it was a very kind of jarring thing when I first came across this, and we see it of all the different professions we work with. We actually see it more with lawyers than in any other group. Um, we see it in all the groups, but particularly with lawyers. And it's always struck me as being very unusual because here you have some of the most highly trained and educated people on the planet, and and they're they're feeling this and struggling with it. So, how do you guide a, a lawyer through this? through a process that kind of helps them get to the point where they're not in self-doubt, but they're in self-confidence? Well, the first step is to really share their feelings with someone else, whether it's their spouse is fine, but their spouse is always going to say you're okay. Um, but, but a professional acquaintance who they've been friends with a long time or a mentor, if they have one, you know, I could, I share my backstory with you about what I've accomplished and yet having that. And you're like, well, Gary, that's ridiculous. Just sharing it with someone makes us realize kind of how silly it is if we give voice to it. I think the other thing is focus on the facts instead of the feelings. We're, we doubt ourselves, but let's step back and look and see what we've done, how successful we were in law school, the, the nice firm we got a job with, how well we've done in our career, what our ratings are by whoever rates us, what our clients say. So focus on the facts instead of the feelings. 
And part of it is I think it's connected to perfectionism because so often we try to be the best and to be perfect. And we will always fail at being perfect. Um, and so I encourage people to strive for excellence. Just be the, the best lawyer you can be. Don't strive to be the perfect lawyer. And sometimes we all make mistakes. You know, the trouble I had was when I would try a case, I'd expect to win. I, I thought I was going to win. I thought I should win. I was wholly committed. And that level of confidence is okay until it becomes an expectation. Because what would happen then is I'd win and I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, I was supposed to win. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. If the Baltimore Ravens play a terrible football team where we're 15-point favorites, I expect to win. And when they win, it's like, well, of course you're going to win that game. But if you lose, you're crushed. So, you know, getting rid of those expectations and accepting the fact that we, you know, we make mistakes. And then be mindful of what our thoughts are and, you know, change our script. You know, I have a podcast that I started about 15 months ago, and I have a lot of helpful information to share. The podcast done way beyond my wildest dreams, but I held up for four months in doing it. I knew how to do it. I knew what my content was going to be. I knew what I had to share because I thought, who's going to listen to me? What do I have to share that's of any value? I went through that same self-doubt you know, with, with a podcast, even though I, so then get into action, just change your script. Instead of thinking I'm an older guy, who's going to hear me think I have 45 years of helpful experience to share, change our script, reframe it into something more positive and more encouraging. I, I think the key statement in all of that were, you know, it's three little words that you shared there, get into action. It's so, it's so funny when you begin to create motion and movement, how a lot of the other worries go away, but it's sort of when we're sitting in inaction that we can, we can sort of wallow in, in, in the worry about what, what we are or what we aren't. Um, I think that's so smart, uh, that, that that's, that's sort of the lever there. So as you're working with, with attorneys, I know that's, that's something that, that has always sort of struck me as unusual. That, that they they really struggle with, you know, and certainly perfectionism, understandable that that, uh, that they deal with that. Beyond that, there's some practical challenges in the practice of law, at least the way that it's typically done, particularly around the billable hour. What what are you seeing in terms of the struggle that attorneys have there? Are you, and are you seeing any trends in a different direction and different model? Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are around that. Yep, I absolutely am. I, I guess one trend is a lot of people go into what we call big law, which is you know the very sizable law firms where the rate of compensation is substantially higher than others and where the global hourly requirements are intense and mandated. And what those requirements call, they cause a lot of problems. Of course, it can be a you know profitable way to run a business, but it causes conflict between the lawyer and the client because if you're my client, you want me to handle your matter as expeditiously, quickly, and inexpensively as possible. But the law firm goal is to bill a certain number of hours to take as much time. And, and then when you get the bill from me, you're shocked at the amount that's on there. And did you really need to take an hour to do that letter? Did you really have to call the other lawyer about that? Was that necessary? And, and we have this conflict that develops between the lawyer and the client. 
and sometimes between the lawyer and the law firm, because I don't want to be pressured to bill more hours. I want to be pressured to be efficient and to be of service. So the whole arrangement is fraught with conflicts. So many attorneys have gone or starting to go to a new concept called value-based pricing, which is probably how almost every other business prices. You know, I had a big landscaping job done. They didn't tell me it would cost a certain amount per hour until they were finished. They told me this is what it'll cost. They factored all that into it. They might have gotten some things wrong and maybe they got, who knows what the real cost was, but they gave me a price and I did and I did it. So the value-based pricing is, you know, Steve, how, how much would you, how important is it to get for you to get this done? What role would you like us to play with you, uh, for you? How long does it need to take? Um, are you willing to pay $10,000 for this service? This is what we see as a strategy. It doesn't include A, B, and C. They would be extra if they happen, but they may not happen. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And I'll say, can you give us five now? And five and 60 days, you say, sure. And the best thing that happens for me is I finish it in 60 days and it's $4,000 worth of time. And the best thing that happens for you is it finishes in 60 days and that stress is over sooner. Now we're in synergy. We're working together to save time, to get it done efficiently. We're partners instead of in conflict. And a lot of folks have gone to that or something like it, which is just a fixed fee, where we're no longer in conflict with each other. And it makes so much sense. But the traditional law firm model is not built on that. And, and there are a lot of objections raised like, how do I know how much it will cost? How do I, how do I know how long it'll take? And, and we can't plan for all those contingencies, but if you're practicing law for a long time, you should be able to figure that out. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, you know, I came from an engineering background. We, we went through the same challenge. There's a lot of hourly billing done there. Um, and I had a client tell me one time uh, that, you know, he didn't want to pay by the hour. And he just expected that we would be able to figure out what it would take to do it and, and put together something that was fair. And if it was worth it to him then we'd go forward. And if it wasn't, you know, we wouldn't, which made total sense. It does. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is when we flipped over to that sort of pricing model, we tripled our profitability in the very first year. The folks who have done it have found they're happier, they're more fulfilled, and they're more profitable mm -hmm. because they actually end up making more money and clients are happier, so they refer more business to them. It's just a win-win-win all the way around. Yeah, absolutely, and I would and I, I would imagine you you can get by with fewer clients, and that's what that was our experience. Obviously, a different profession, but I would imagine the same carries over for practice of law as well. And and the benefit of that model is it rewards efficiency. The faster I can get that work done, the more profitable I am, and the more time I have for my family. Whereas the hourly requirement makes me just work a certain number of hours, no matter what, you know, no matter what, and. It, it just causes a lot of stress for a lot of attorneys. Yeah, well, it, it is the original pyramid scheme, I think. You know, the only way in, in any profession that anyone figured out how to make money in that model was, well, as soon as I get good enough, I'm going to get two juniors under me. And now I'm elevating and working less than they're producing. And then they're going to get two juniors under the, each of them and so on and so on. And, um, and there you go. Um, and it works. It, it certainly works. But uh, it's it, it's interesting to kind of watch that transition happen, you know, happen in law. So um, as you're you're coaching 
your you know your clients through some of the challenges that they run into with the billable hour? Because I would imagine some of the, the lawyers you're working with aren't in a position to dictate what the model is. They're working in the model. How do you help them navigate that situation where this is the model? This, I'm in the firm. And I've got to deal with it, but I, I want to be successful in it and and also be able to, you know, to to have a balanced or somewhat balanced life. Well, the first thing I do is I always have my clients do kind of a procedure where we we figure out their values and try to align their career with their values. Um, you know, how important is it to you to make a certain amount of money? How important is it to you to have prestige? How important is it to you to be with your family? How important is it to work 50 hours a week instead of 80 hours a week? Um, and see if where they are is where they re really, really want to be. And many times it is, and sometimes it's not. But the trouble is we come out of law school. We have a huge debt to pay back for school loans. We get that dream job. Everybody's going to say yes to it. And then we get a couple of years into it. We're, we're not happy. We don't know why, because this was what we strove for our whole life. And now we have it. And it was our crowning glory and success, and we're unhappy. And part of it's because they haven't really figured out what is it they want to do? How much independence? How much autonomy? Who do you want to work with? How much say do you want to have in your business? And so sometimes folks decide, I'm not really in the right place. Um, the second thing is to really help people be more efficient. When folks have so much to do, they can be very scattered in their approach. Um, they're trying to do too many things at once. They're getting interrupted by calls from clients and they see an email. I, I used to struggle with there's two screens. I'm working on your file, Steve. And then an email comes across from that obnoxious attorney. I'm like the son of a gun. I'm going to put him in his place and I'm off your matter and I'm answering his email. And then I get back and now where was I on Steve's case? And I had forgotten. So a lot of it is really working on their efficiency because sometimes when we feel so overwhelmed, we feel unsuccessful every day because we go home. We say, what did I get done? So a lot of it is helping them to be more, you know, more productive. And they really are in a bigger firm, powerless over the kind of the arrangements. And so maybe that isn't where they want to be. I've talked to some lawyers who've left big law and gone to smaller firms or smaller firms and started their own firm or, or gone in-house we're sort of working for the government. And all those are different options, depending on what our what our criteria are, what our values are. Well, I think the, the key thing there is is going through that thinking. What, what do I really want? I, exactly. I think that's probably the hardest thinking that we ever do. It's, I joke with my kids all the time. I can we can get in the car and pull out of the driveway and I can ask them, OK, where would you like to go to dinner? You know, we go out to dinner as a family. Where would you like to go to dinner? And the only answer I ever get back is, I don't know. But the minute I suggest <laughs> a, a, the name of a place, like, no, 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 we don't want to go there. So they know what they don't want, but they never know what they want. I think that's really true in life. Um, and how do you coach someone through that to, to, to sort of pull out the, what they really, truly want um, through that difficult well, I, process? I send all my clients uh, prep work to do before we talk about it, right? Ask them to really... I identify the different values, um, different criteria of different jobs, and to kind of rate them or understand what's most important to them. So, you know, I did very well in law school. I clerked in federal court. I could have gone into big law, but I went to a small firm. I don't know that my analysis was very extensive at that time, candidly, 
But in hindsight, it was the right place for me. Because for me, I prize independence and autonomy. I want to represent who I want to represent. I want to do it the way I want to do it. I think I do it well. I don't want to fit into a box where I have to represent people I don't want to represent. Like in family law, people say, do you prefer to represent the, the, the mom or the dad? It's like, I don't care. I don't even care the parties at fault and left the marriage. I just don't want to represent a jerk. And I can identify the jerks pretty quickly. They could be the person who didn't leave the marriage, the person who did, but I don't want to represent them. And so for me, I would have that power of choice over who I worked with, who I represented, what kind of work I did. For others, making maximum dollars is what's most important. That really is a high value for them. And and they're willing to work harder, deal with some of the political structures in big law to have that. And that's fine, too. One of the gifts of law, my wife is in the nursing field. She's a director of nursing. But one of the benefits of law like nursing is there's so many things you could do, so many different avenues. We just have to figure out which is the one for you. Yeah, I think that's that, that's such a great approach. And really what you're talking about is finding what's true for you, but doing it without judgment. So all of those paths are great, but be clear about the path that you're on and, and be intentional about it is what I think I'm, I'm hearing you say. Exactly. Be purposeful. Make Make a decision. And part of the trouble is so many people feel like they're stuck. Like, this is where I am. Boy, I chose this. I've invested four years here. I can't go somewhere else. We're never stuck. We have choices. We have power. Maybe we can't change the structure of that business or that firm, but we are empowered to do anything we want to do in law and to make choices for ourselves and be responsible for those choices. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit, um, and I want to talk about the, uh, the the number one hot button issue for just about every attorney that I talk to, and that at least is in private practice, and that is business development. So yes. you've done this successfully for over four decades. What's the secret? Well, you know, the things have changed there so much as well, too. When I started practicing, it was such a profession of respect and courtesy. Lawyers had each other's back. There were not so many lawyers. Um, we got business by referral. Steve, you were happy with what I did to you. So you sent your friend Jack to us and that worked just fine. But now we need to set ourselves apart. Uh, we, we need to brand ourselves. A lot of us think that name, some people mislead, think that name is misleading and they're wrong. It's not. I have a brand, whether I create it or not. So why not portray myself as my best self, as who, who I really am, instead of letting other people do it for me? And so I think we really need to set ourselves apart, whether it's by writing a book, by having a podcast, by setting ourselves apart on LinkedIn, by blogs we post on our website, so we can show our expertise and who we are. I think the other key is is networking in whatever way we see fit. Um, we didn't used to have to do that. So whether it's joining um, a lawyer's committee, whether it's networking with other attorneys, whether it's joining. So I used to do a lot of transportation work. I represented trucking companies and trucking insurance companies. So I was in three different professional groups that had conferences and education for those who defended truck drivers. Um, as a family law attorney, a small firm, I look for who could be a referral source to me. So a financial planner could be. Other lawyers who did other kind of work but hated doing divorces, a great referral. I don't do criminal law. And you may be a criminal lawyer and you don't do family law, 
we aren't partners, but we can help each other out. I'll send you my family law case where my guy's charged with assaulting his wife to you, and you can send clients you may have to me who, who may want a divorce. So there are a lot of different techniques. I think the key in building our own brand of business is setting ourselves apart and doing what we're most comfortable in. If I'm a scholarly writer, write some articles for some bar journals or other professional associations. If I like speaking, speak at conferences. If I like one-on-one meetings, find groups where we can network, you know, that way. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. And, um, and, and you're absolutely right. Everybody has a brand, whether you are intentional about it or not. And uh, it's hard these days. Um, I, I think the single biggest challenge in front of all of, of the professions, um, and certainly law is, I think, on the probably the leading edge, is commoditization. Uh, we've, in, in many instances, we've overeducated and we have too many professionals and we're living in a time where, you know, expertise and, and knowledge is, is becoming uh, much easier for, for anyone to access. And so it's very hard to, to differentiate and make the case for why people should invest in a, in a professional. And then there are so many choices, it's very hard for them to understand which ones to choose. I, you know, I, I share with our clients all the time that your your biggest problem is overcoming the fact that the people who are trying to buy from you aren't qualified to determine if if you know you're legitimate or not. You know, they don't have the qualification to to know if you know in your instance if you're a good attorney or if the 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 guy down the street is a good attorney. They just don't they don't have the conception or the background to do that, and so it's very very difficult for the consumer, which gives you an opportunity to really stand out. I think and educate. Gary, you, this has been great. You've got some great resources on your website. I would love to to get people connected there. Where, if you if you share the website, and then what what's the the best place for people to start who want to learn more about how you're helping and 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 working with uh, with lawyers one on one? Sure. Uh, thank you very much. Um, GaryMiles.net is my website. Folks can email me at Gary at GaryMiles.net. Um, if folks really want to know what I'm like beyond listening to this podcast, listen to mine, The Free Lawyer. Every Monday, I post a solo episode where I chat about something that is intended to be of service to lawyers. Um, everything from imposter syndrome, setting boundaries, ha- handling our fears to such things as business development, branding and networking. And, and, and you can hear who I am and what I believe in. And if anyone would like to chat with me, you can set up a courtesy call either through LinkedIn under the name Gary Miles or through my website. Awesome. Well, Gary, we'll link your website and the podcast uh, and LinkedIn uh, in the show notes. So, folks, if you're listening to this on your podcast player, it'll be right there. You can click it in the show notes and um, and you can get connected with Gary. Uh, Gary, thanks for sharing some of your wisdom with us and uh, and congratulations on the new direction and working with uh, with lawyers and helping them grow and flourish. Thank you, Steve. It really is my, uh, my passion and what I find fulfilling. And thanks for all you do to help us set ourselves apart. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. 
Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.